Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to a journey of space, dice rolling, nerddom, laughter, and extremely questionable choices. The Dungeon Boys podcast proudly presents their first campaign, Stardust Echoes. Stardust Echoes is a science fiction, high fantasy, Dungeons and Dragons homebrew campaign. What does that mean? Well, if it's your first time tuning in, Dungeons and Dragons is a game based on choices, imagination, and the luck of the dice. Like all games, there's many rules involved, but we'll go over those as they come up. But as I stated, it's basically a group of friends using their imaginations to tell a fantasy story. And in this case, we added a tad bit of science fiction into it. This is a homebrew campaign, which means that we wrote it. And this podcast is 1000% for grown-ups and adults. So if you're younger than 18, please turn this off now. Because we say fuck a lot. Content warnings can always be found in the description section below. And if you'd like to support us, please like, subscribe, and find us on any social media. My name is Justine Mowry, and I will be your dungeon master for this campaign. Hi, I'm Anthony Morrow. I am playing Grayson Cato, the Half-Elf Ranger. Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm playing Temple, the monk. A Warforged monk. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Grant, and I am playing Kathal Dorash, the Golden Dragonborn Barbarian. Hi, my name is Ellie, and I'm playing the Cobalt Artificer Pant. Hi, my name is Arlen. I am playing Valen, the Weefling. Weefling Warlock. Weefling Warlock. Oh my god. Weefling Warlock. Well, wow. I will give the Weefling Warlock a wedgie. Okay, we'll have to re edit that. Okay, so my Weefling Warlock. That one does not get edited. That's Dane. I am playing a Tiefling Warlock. Tiefling. What's your name, though? I feel like, I, I feel like, I, like after I said that, I was like, I'm missing something. But my name is Arland. Okay, sorry. See, I can't fucking fucking fuck 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 fuck. Um, hi, my name is Arland. I'll be playing the Tiefling Warlock this evening, and. Uh, for all foreseeable evenings in the future. What's, what's your character's name, though? <laughs> <laughs> Seventh okay, time's the charm, my dude. Got Seventh got time's the charm. Damn it! I got this! Like, I, I, I went through... Fuck. Sorry. Hi, my name is Arlen, and I'll be playing... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that anxiety level just went from eight to about nine and a half. <laughs> We have a great blooper reel already, guys. Eight times the charm. Well, there was going to be no doubt about that. I mean, and you're watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hi. Okay. Sorry. Hi. My name is Arlen. I'll be playing Valen, the Tiefling Warlock. Hi, I'm Lindsay, and I'm playing Six, the Babe Cat Tabaxi Rogue. We would like to give a huge shout out to Wizards of the Coast for the D&D 5e guide we will be basing this adventure on. That's the rule book. And for all of you listening, we really, really appreciate you. 
And now, the Dungeon Boys proudly present Stardust Echoes. galaxy far, far in the depths of our imaginations dwells the Adial system, a star system made up of ten planets and two stars. For millions of years, these planets bloomed with life as they made their figure-eight orbits around their suns, until one lone elven engineer sent a rocket to a nearby planet to colonize, and the space age dawned. Life, cultures, technology grew and mingled over thousands of years, and as the system changed and terraformed into what we know today. The year is 4,999 LO, for left orbit. The Adial system brims with life, magic, and technology, all coexisting together. There are three major space stations in orbit. Within their walls dwells the Council. Members from every planet belong to the Council, and they are the loose, loose galactic law that oversees life on all the planets. Well, all except one. Tarrant 19, the largest planet in the Andial system. Abandoned. Lost. Forgotten. This terrestrial planet used to bloom with life, until almost 2,000 years ago, something happened. Technology and people alike were wiped out. Stories of what happened became legends, and legends became myth, and Tarrant 19 slumbered, until now. Picture the Adial Space Station, the largest station in the Adial system. From afar, it seems the size of a small moon, but as you draw close, you see tiers and layers of ports and activity. Constant streams of all kinds of ships entering and exiting and drifting alongside. Cargo freights, transports, military, and solo flyers. Every few minutes, you see a space monster carrying supplies or people riding along its back. Exit from one of the bottom tiers. But our story starts on the top tier. A small hangar is open. Only room for 20 to 30 ships. Extremely small in comparison to the rest of the station. Inside, humanoids and creatures of all walks of life bustle about their business. Giants help pick up large equipment from freighters. Claws from top racks moving ships in and out mechanical tunnels. Small intelligent fennec foxes dart through legs and ships with their earpieces attached yelling, Confirm Alpha 2 has landed. Please push engine 2 and 1 to the left docking port. Wizards shoot spells and lights into the air helping ships pull in and land. And while everyone goes about their business, there seems to be an air that something is happening today. Anticipation buzzes throughout the hangar. A giant troop transport pulls in at that moment. A giant green dragon wing painted along one side. And the logo below reads, the Draco 7, one of the rarest military transports to be seen. As it pulls in, a human woman approaches. She has dark skin and gold makeup painted on her face and shaved head, matching the gold of her mechanical left arm. Her dark eyes assess the ship, despite the stares around her. For she is the admiral of the Adial Station, 
Ative Westways. She is second only to Commander Gallowood. But the doors of the Draco Seven open, and a figure steps through the steam. Ative smiles and raises her mechanical hand in greeting. Grayson, please describe your character. Yeah, so uh, as Grayson steps off this troop transport, he's dressed in the the military-esque uh, outfit that the Dragon Riders of Moss tend to wear. Um, it's very, very dark greens, grays, and blacks. Very kind of close-fitted to the body. Um, you can tell that underneath like the fabric, there's armor to it, um, but it's not like big, thick armor. You're, it's very... You're very much able to move around in it. He kind of has a a dark green cloak over his shoulders that is partially underneath some shoulder armor um, and kind of over the rest of his kind of military outfit. He has very iridescent silver hair. Um, his his ears are pointed, not quite as severe as, as elves, but definitely uh, enough to make you tell that he's not human. He has emerald green eyes, um, a darker kind of olive complexion, just kind of poking out along uh, the kind of base of his neck is a black and gray uh, dragon tattoo that kind of wraps around his neck that you can just barely make out. Slung across his back is a uh, futuristic looking rifle of some kind, and slung over his shoulder is his kind of uh, military duffel bag, his go bag, if you will, that presumably has... Uh, the possessions he is taking along with him, as well as different changes of clothes and uh, anything else he'll he'll need. And as he steps off, he just kind of looks around and takes it all in. I am for some reason I'm imagining like an actual duffel bag that has like embroidered the words like go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go bag, let's go. It's more like those those giant kind of like shapeless duffel bags that they they produce in mass out of like canvas that just has like one strap to put over your shoulder that. You see uh, soldiers in, in our own U.S. military uh, carry with them. Nice. So, um, yeah. So as Grayson uh, comes out, he's going to see this figure. And he knows this figure to be Ative Westways. And she'll she'll kind of nod in his direction. And you see a smile kind of light up on her face um, as she beckons, beckons Grayson over. Lord Cato, it is a pleasure to see you again. Ative, it's a pleasure to see you too, and please, Lord is a bit too formal for where we're at right now. Would you prefer just Grayson? Grayson's just fine, thank you. Perfect. We're waiting for one more arrival that I believe is coming in at this time, and then we'll be meeting Commander Gallowood. Excellent. I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting started. And like right as uh, as he says that, another cargo kind of comes in, and you hear like a, and like literally the giant goes woo and kind of like picks it up so it's not squeaking, and then like holds it up and like lets it come in and helps it come in. And this is just a public transport, um, like big cargo freighter. You can tell it's been used a million times, or not cargo. It's like it has people. It's like a tr- just a transport. The big giant doors open and tons of people rush out and some are trying to get in. But standing a little bit taller, you see someone start to come out in the crowd. And Temple, do you want to go ahead and describe yourself? Yeah, sure thing. 
uh, temple is a uh, warforged with uh, streamlined bluish silver metal plating. So he's kind of reflecting in the light of the stocking bay. Um, and he's engraved with uh, intricate tattoo-like markings uh, indicative of his monastic tradition. He stands a little bit taller than the rest and has uh, orange glowing sort of ring light eyes on an otherwise featureless face. Um, he's somewhat scuffed and dented from his many travels. He's wearing simple robes that give him full range of his uh, machine flexibility. Uh, carries his master's staff and is uh, and a mask kind of uh, not wearing the mask, but kind of slung on him. Yeah, he's sort of making his way kind of steadily, but purposefully through the crowd. So at that, AT will be like, ah, yes, there he is. And kind of wave over and be like, MT1, MT1. And at that, when she says that, actually a couple people like their eyes get big and they kind of look and go, it's the empty one. It's the empty one. I think, I think that's, did she say the empty one? But you see at that, like kind of guard shuffle forward or like move along, move along type of thing. Um, and, and she'll gesture for you to walk over. Uh, yeah. Temple raises his hand and uh, kind of walks uh, towards her with the hand still raised kind of awkwardly, like waving and walking towards her. Can I make some kind of history check to see if I, I recognize what the empty one is? Yeah, go ahead and oh, guys, for first roll of the night. Go. Roll history. Uh, that is a natural 20 for a 22. Oh, let's go. Nice. <laughs> the best part of that was the DC was four. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> Great use of a natural 20. waste the natural 20. <laughs> Not only do you know who MT1 is, but you've probably even like been in the same room. At, well, he goes by Temple, but he's also called MT1. Probably been in the same room at some point, even. And I would say that Temple, you probably know who Grayson is as well, if not heard of because of from his history. And so AT will be like, ah, yes, Grayson, this is Temple. Or would you prefer MT1, your formal title? Hello, AT Westways. I prefer Temple. Grayson Cato, it's great to see you again. You as well, Temple. It's nice to formally be introduced to each other. I know we've met in passing a handful of times. He lowers his hand. <laughs> He's been <laughs> waving this whole time. Ativ is going to like look around and make sure everything you know is ship shape, and she's gonna be like, "Please follow me," and start walking towards like a little side entrance. And you will notice that there's a lot of. Um, people that all of a sudden stop doing what they're doing and start to follow. And you notice that they were undercover, definitely like guards. So this is like a, a bigger deal. And she's like, please follow me. And then she's going to two two doors slide open and you'll follow her in. And you're going to see you're going to be walking down like a sterile kind of metal hallway. But there's a huge glass passage along the side. And you'll see that there's actually a private loading dock where there's like a really beautiful ship. Um, and she's just going to quietly be leading you both. Yeah, I think Temple's just, you know, eyes forward, just walking uh, steadily. Um, I think he he's probably like running through prayer beads. Like he's probably always running through them. So you just hear kind of like the click and clack of him kind of running through beads, probably quicker than a monk normally would. You know, he's kind of like a counting machine. He's super efficient with his prayers. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
is is the glass hallway that's looking out into space, correct? So yeah, so like half of it will be like sterile, normal metal with like some fey lights bobbing along and then the other side is glass and through it you see actually kind of like almost below you but it's like you're walking towards it there's a private hangar dock with like a really beautiful ship rad cool yeah uh grayson's just just walking along just taking it all in um but trying to keep pace with with temple and uh miss west waves west ways excuse me okay so you'll you'll be walking for a minute or two, you know, when people walk by and they see Ativ, they kind of like bow their head and then just keep walking. You can tell she's someone who's highly respected. And then finally, she gets to a door pad where she puts her hand in and then mutters a small spell and the door actually slides open. Like you hear and goes and opens and you're in a beautiful like chamber where like people would meet and have meetings kind of like it's like a meeting room but it's like way nicer than that like there's a huge 20 foot dome half dome glass wall that looks out there's like these beautiful plants from every planet with like certain types of fey lights bobbing above them so that their growth pattern is interrupted and she says the rest of the party will be joining soon but if you'll please take your seats commander gallowood will be with you shortly temple sits on the ground <laughs> just where he was standing she says, would you like something to make you more comfortable? Or perhaps you could take a chair. It's completely up to you. The floor is adequate. Thank you. You're welcome. And then, yeah, and then the doors close and she just <laughs> kind of stands there with her hands behind her back. Does Grayson sit down? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so now switching back to the um, landing dock we were just in. You see that there's been, like, some areas that have been set aside, and all of a sudden, you see this, like, sleek, black, shiny, but also, like, tough-looking ship. Like, this ship's turning heads kind of a thing. Like, you hear, like, come in and land, and it's just, like, like, there's, like, this nice, like gas that comes off of it that's just like steam and it's it this ship's like immaculate but it looks tough like you wouldn't want to take this ship in like a racer take this ship anywhere and it's just like super sleek and the door just pops out slightly and then like kind of like you know i think like like a really sick tesla or something just like comes up a, a head kind of emerges from the shadows and six go ahead and describe yourself so she is an attractive cat lady um, with a leather, like a light leather armor getup that is primarily black but has hints of like a blue color on it. Um, you can tell it's well worn, but it's also handmade. Primarily by her. Um, she's quite the craftsman. Her hair is intricately done and lots of different braids. She has a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. Um, she likes to smoke a lot. And she has just a mild, annoyed look on her face. And she also has two garter belts that are leather on either thigh, both packing a dagger. 
So as she she kind of like leans her head out and there's a cigarette in her mouth, she's kind of looking around. This little droid bot kind of like like little wheels spinning. He goes and he scans he scans your face and then goes. Madam Six, please, if you'll follow me to, uh, uh, if you could follow me, please, it's classified. Let's go. Uh, no, no smoking is prohibited. Jesus. <laughs> and then at that, just starts, it just, like, kind of has to, like, do a 17-point turn, because it obviously isn't the best little bot, and just starts going, um, at, and wants you to follow it. Do, do you follow it? Yes. She's put she's put out her cigarette and stomped stomped it out with her boot. Okay. So and um yeah, and so I think that this little guy's like, Whoa, pardon me, excuse me, Blaga, get out of the way, please. Weaving in between like tons of people and kind of looks like losing the boundaries, but I imagine Six is gracefully just sidestepping as she follows, almost like people didn't realize she was there. And then um we'll get to the to these two doors that slide open. And then he he rolls forward. You're going to walk down the same hallway that you heard before. So it's going to have this big glass side where you see a ship below. Um, and then you'll, you'll both just be walking down and be like, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you being here. You just don't answer him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So eventually get to a door. It's going to scan the little machine and he's going to put a little like tongue in there. And then um, it'll, these doors will open. And then you'll see um, this, this woman who's AT Westways. Thank you so much for joining. We appreciate you. Is it six? That's right. I believe we've spoken before, but never met in person. Yes. And she'll hold. She'll hold out her hand to shake your hand. She shakes her hand. Please take a seat. Commander Gallowood will be with you shortly. Thanks. And then at that point, she's going to bend down and reattach a wire on that little droid. And then he goes, thank you. Appreciate the assistance. And then like perfectly drive out. Like it was kind of <laughs> like his cord was undone. <laughs> um, Cute. And then uh, right at that point, you're actually going to see um, two ships come in at the same time. Trying to land at the same spot. One is going to be this super nice, sleek, pointy. Like this ship was made for racing. It is fast it's nice but it also looks like it's smaller it's like compact like it looks like it could really get somewhere in a minute and it's in this, this other ship start trying to land this other ship looks like it's been through some wear and tear it's bulky but still really nice looking and this little ship just bees in front of it and lands and the other ship's kind of like trying to back up and, and get around it and then uh as the little ship lands this this smaller sleek little speed racer you see like these giant kind of little horns poke out and Torash, do you want to go ahead and describe yourself? Yeah. So you, before you see again, like kind of like temple, he is not a small, well, not as I would say person, but he is very brightly, brightly and ornately skinned as he's a dragon, as he's a gold ancestor, uh, ancestry dragon board. You see the horns kind of stick up above his head and they kind of, twist kind of like up inwards and outwards a little bit kind of like in maleficent kind of like how her her horns kind of twist up and out 
And then as they twist upwards, you can see that they kind of fade. They kind of fade into like a darker brown. He's also wearing like a very simple but kind of like elegant, you know, blue and silver cloth that represent the um, Bahamut, which is the kind of like the, the good luck dragon that the dragonborn ancestors kind of like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, kind of like it's worship, like a, yeah, like like a, a deity. deity, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like his deity. Um, and you also see when you when you look at him that although he is very brightly skinned, you can see a lot of scars on him, um, all just from war torn. But you can also see that they kind of have like this like lightning look to some of them, um, like where they have this like unnatural kind of like weave and sharp edges through some of them. Very, very simple, you know, nothing too crazy to him. And then you also see a, what looks to be like a sword hilt on his hip, but you notice that there's no actual blade end on it. Um, you just see that it's just the hilt sitting in his, sitting in his waist. With the, they also have this, the sharp canines going down and then going up as well, just to kind of simple, just really showing his dragonborn ancestry. Awesome. So as he steps out, Parash kind of looks around and nothing, no one approaches him. Uh, he just sees the, the bustle, but that other ship is trying to get in still like next to him. And it's got like kind of a, it's definitely like gone through the, the motions, but it's not like falling apart per se. It's just like banged up. Like you can tell this person's an adventurer. Like this, this ship looks like it's, it's been through a couple of moments itself sort of a thing. And that ship lands and then and it, it kind of opens up and you see like a big wing red wing come out and valen go ahead and describe yourself all right well uh so valen is a uh wing the tiefling warlock um his wings do are out some of the time but he does kind of keep them draped down and kind of tucked away almost like the old gargoyles tv series where they would kind of hook it like a cape um, but what you do notice is he has like this long, dark, like brownish green with like gold trim, like long jacket, very simple, um, but functional kind of thing. So you can tell it's, uh, been worn weather. There are like a little bit of tatter, a little bit of tatters, um, some like parts where they've been cut and torn and re-sewn. Um, and the underneath, it's just a very simple, like kind of leather garb underneath, like across the chest. And he has kind of like these like jogger style pants. And then on his hip, on the right side, you see a holster where he has his hand blaster. And on the left side, you do see a couple small daggers across his hip, like kind of um, in a row to where you can kind of see them in the in the front. But as it gets behind the jacket, you start losing sight of the extra daggers that he carries. He is about six feet tall, light red, pale skin. Um, there's some visible scarring coming down from his neck uh, under his just like chest, looking like claw marks kind of pulling down. He has little horns like that are kind of tucked and curled backwards. And his hair is like nice and pulled back as well. But it's almost as big as the horns are, almost as if he's trying to like mask them and hide them. Like it kind of blends in and almost looks like red streaks, but then it comes out and you kind of see the horns uh, hook outwards. 
And um, one th- other thing you notice about him is he has like these like not traditionally black eyes like tieflings do. His are a little bit more of like a tinge of like dark purple with um, a little dark black irises in the middle. Awesome. So you uh, you get out. No one really approaches you. You got this other ship next to you. With you see this big golden dragonborn also looking around. Um, I um I walk out and I'm like, whoo! That was one hell of a landing. Damn. I'll tell you that, brother. That was really fucking good. I'll tell you that. Where you, you some bitch came out of nowhere. Hey man, I just saw an open spot. I just had to go for nah, it. You know? Man, like, whew. I mean, my 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 ship's been through the. Through the through the clinkers you see, but damn, like that, I thought that was it. Like I was like, Oof, I'm dead. <laughs> no, not on my watch. Not on my watch, brother. And I just give him like a good old, like <laughs> huge, like slap on the back. And now you're when I do that, like my <laughs> I, I kinda, my palms probably about like a good like almost as big as your back is, just because of how huge my fucking palm is. <laughs> he staggers kind of forward and he goes. Whoop. You big son bitch. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So like right there as you're doing that, a droid comes up and says, Hello, please, if you will follow me, I will take you Valen Glimt. And it says kind of like with a question mark. Uh, Yeah, that's me. I I look at it. I'm like, Ateev? (laughs) (laughs) Ateev will be meeting us shortly. And then it it kind of looks at um, you, Torash, and kind of like scans you a bit. Um, and it says, Torash? That's Castal Torash. And I do like this really deep, like angry kind of like voice. It like slams its little droid face into the ground and goes, Apologies. Beep, beep, beep. And then comes back up and says, Please follow me. And then like just starts taking you guys. Then I just start like like hacking like <laughs> oh damn I'll t- oh damn I oof, damn I I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> so you guys follow? Yes. Yes. Cool. So you uh, same thing. These doors swish open, and then there's a big beautiful hallway with you see this beautiful ship out to your to the side, um, and this little droid's just taking you along. I wonder if that's going to be our ship over there. Nah, I mean, it might might take me take us better than uh, what I came in on. Tell you that much. Who knows? I'll tell you what. We'll see. I'll tell you what. <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you, you what. what. Got some good old boys. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The doors part open, and Ateev walks up. Um, to you, Torash, and says, voice, voice breaker, it is a pleasure to meet you, and does like a small bow. Um, do I know what, if she's like ranked like in the military at all? Yeah, she's pretty much as high as you can get. She's the only person that she's second to is Commander Gallowood, and he runs like the entire Dials station. What What is what is her rank? Would you consider it like a general or something, or like ma- like major or something like that? Captain or something? Mil- I don't know military that well. <laughs> I like Admiral. Cool. She's basically Akbar. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> Sorry. So what would what would Gallowood be then too? Like also an admiral? He's weak. I call him Commander Gallowood. Okay. So in the in this world he's going by Commander. Okay. So um yeah, so she says, 
Voicebreaker, it's a pleasure to finally meet your acquaintance. Admiral Westwood, it is an absolute honor to meet you. And I kind of do like a little bow to her. Um, she'll gesture to like the whole area and says, Kathal, you can sit wherever it pleases you. I find like a kind of like the head. Is there like a head seat like opposite of like the kind of like yeah, the front of the room? Yeah, I would say it's like four on each side and then there's like one head that faces like the screen area. Okay, is there one on like the one near the screen? Uh, no. Okay, so I'll just take the I'll just take the one on the end. Perfect. Now that the entire group is here, we will go ahead and wait for Commander Gallowood. Please talk amongst yourselves. Refreshments are to the side, and you see like this little bot come up with refreshments, and um, she says he will be in shortly, and she exits. I go to reach out for one of the for one of the drinks, and I go to pick it up, and Val- Valen walks up and uh, grabs uh, a can and just. Uh... Cracks it open, and he starts throwing back a beer. I don't think this is alcoholic. This is just, like, water. Oh, no, it's alcoholic. <laughs> you know, you didn't specify the kind of liquids. It's a beer. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of snacks we got? There's no snacks. There's just drinks. Just water? Maybe there's, like, a sacred plant on the side that has, like, a fruit from, like, one of the planets that you could pick if you wanted. <laughs> But I think those are for show to show that like representation of every planet. There's plant life. For uh, so after I get my beer, I like, kind of walk over to the side and I just lean up against the wall. Grayson's just kind of sitting back silently, like warily watching what Six is doing. And she goes and grabs a piece of fruit off of those beautiful sacred trees. <laughs> <laughs> and has a snack. Has a snack. Temple hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't moved an inch. He's still counting away on his beads. Eyes just forward. I think at the uh, trying to think what would be ahead of him because he entered the room. Maybe got you know five six paces in, and then you know wherever uh, Ativ left him, just sat down. Yeah. So you're probably like. <laughs> You're probably like five feet away from the table, like right in the middle. Yeah. So he, he's just eyes forward at the backs of the chairs and he's just he's just counting away. Um, I don't think he's really turned and looked and, you know, greeted anybody. He's just doing his his monk thing. He's in meditation mode. Yeah. Literal meditation setting. Mm hmm. You're all kind of sitting. Uh, all right. You see this uh, warforge, this big warforge with all these cool carvings on uh, his body, sitting on the ground, just with prayer beads going really quickly. You see uh, this big wing tiefling kind of like sit back, how you doing style, popping up with a can, because apparently now there's cans. Um, that's canon. The, ca- the, the can is canon. Thank you very much. You see this this big dragonborn take take the like very confidently take the head of the table. Um, you see a, a half elf with really silver iridescent hair just sitting calmly, um, and then you see a, a tabaxi, a, a bobcat tabaxi lady swish her hips over and just start picking fruit off a tree. <laughs> I like I like to call her a, a babe cat, a babe cat, not a bobcat. And you notice that the um, you notice that the half elf is staring at the bobcat. So that's that's all that's happened up to this point. You're, there's a couple minutes that go by, and then you hear 
boop, 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 boop from outside, and you see this giant Leonin, golden-haired Leonin, come in with an eye patch on one eye. Um, and I mean, this guy's big, puffed-out chest. You see these military badges along his chest. He's got scars, and um, yeah, and he's got big, big, giant hair. And At follows behind him, and he looks and says. Ah, Temple, my old friend, what are you doing on the floor? <laughs> Commander Galwood. <laughs> and he like kind of like takes your hand and like helps you up, but you're like taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he, yeah, he kind of like jumps to, you know, kind of like stiff, like uh, <laughs> kind of picking up like an action figure almost. And he goes, it's so good to see you. And he slaps you. His claws are like tinking on like the back of your armor. And then he goes... Oh, Grayson, look at you, not in your formal wear. How are you, my boy? Commander, and I stand up and walk over to him. It's good to be here. No formalities needed. How's your How's your father, son? He's doing well, from my understanding. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm so grateful that you're here. Ah, six, I believe it is. And he, like, turns to uh, six. And she says, hello, Commander. Does she have fruit in her mouth when she says that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so maybe it's more of like a hello, hello Commander. <laughs> he says, ah, I see that you see, uh, have found the sacred berry tree from Invinia. Invinia, that reminds me, is, is Valen? Va- oh, you must be Valen. I know that you're from Invinia, is that correct? Uh, yes, sir. I toast, I, I hold up the beer just to, to cheers him. He kind of looks at you and stares for a second and just, <laughs> I already like you. <sighs> and then this must be voice breaker. And he looks at you, Torash. And I, Torash stands up and is like, uh, <clears throat> General Galloway, it is an honor to meet you as well, sir. And he, he goes to, like, shake forward in your head and goes, From what I hear, you might be one of the fastest dragonborn around. I'm looking forward to the race this year. I've been training for the past four years, sir. Thank you to my father. Perhaps you have met him. I believe that we have gone to an event or two, but I've heard many things about your family, and I'm very honored that you have chosen to come today. Well, please, please, all of you sit down, sit down. And he kind of like gestures. He says, Temple, you can sit on the ground or on the chair, whatever makes you comfortable. He goes to sit in the chair with everybody else. So you're all sitting and then you see A.T. like cast kind of like a she like does this sort of like swirly thing with her fingers and casts up on the projector board and all these images start coming up. And in front of you, a scroll appears. And as you open the scroll... It's almost like, okay, so think of like an olden scroll, but it's like an iPad. Like you can touch and like scroll up and the words like go up. So it's like a good mix of like this old culture and um, like, you know, neat scrolly iPad technology. And it says, a dial space station mission, Tarrant 19 beacon retrieval, mission type classified. The following information is to assist the selected crew to completing the Tarrant 19 beacon retrieval mission. And then you see like a floating of Tarrant 19. And Commander Gallywood says, well, 
As much as I would love to sit and talk, we're on a very short time limit. There is a mission that I need you to complete as a team. As you all know, Terret 19 has not had any life on it except for mercenaries and pirates here and there for almost 2,000 years. Until now, an energy source has been pulsing upon the planet. We're not sure what it is, but we're calling it the Terret 19 Beacon. Your mission? Retrieve the beacon. Try not to interrupt life on the planet as minimal as possible. Stay safe. Stay alive. Bring the beacon intact to me. This is a top 10 classified mission, which I believe most of you know that if you say anything about it to anyone, it's a life in prison. Before I can go any further, I need to know if this is something you'd agree to, even though I know you've all sent back your form saying that you would like to participate, but I would like to make sure and hear it in your voice. Yes, I agree. I'm here for the mission, sir. Understood. With honor, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Good. I'm glad to hear it. And then you'll start seeing these images start popping up on the screen. And it's just pictures of this planet that's like obviously used to be like a really populated, beautiful planet, but now has kind of become something totally different. Um, and he says, no one knows what happened to Darren 19 all those years ago. I certainly won. I've never been there. But we have some surveillance, some things. Most technology that sends sound doesn't survive in some form or the other, but we do have one thing that seems to be able to capture images and audio. And he pulls out this cool looking like Wonder Woman type cuff bracelet that has like some like shiny buttons on it. And he goes, one of you can wear this if you'd like. You don't have to decide now. And he puts it on the middle of the table. He goes, this is a rec recorder item. So we'll be able to record images that you can then bring back up. While you're down there, if you can observe, we would appreciate it. But remember the number one goal. And like you hear feel his presence. Like the commander is becoming the commander. He's really like serious. He's like, is to retrieve that beacon. Two teams have gone prior to you. One, top members of the military. The second, mercenaries of the highest class. Neither returned. We haven't heard from them since. Which is why I have brought all of you here with all your individualized backgrounds to create a unique team to go in and out. And then at that, I think you see a pop-up of all of your names and like what your job is. Temple was like a peacekeeper representative for this. You saw that, uh, you know, Torash was the pilot. He's gonna be the pilot. You saw Six as a mercenary slash bounty hunter being hired. Valen is the archaeologist. And um, Grayson is going to be the chief security officer on the mission. So, he, you know, you see all that. You all know all that. And he says, we also have our SSCM, ship system computer mind. Her name is Jigalda. She's over 300 years old and one of the best we have. Don't mind her oddities. She'll get the job done. If we do have any possibility of finding any survivors from these two past groups, would you like us to return them? 
Oh, absolutely. Of course. There are great men and women on those teams and individuals. If we come across them, we'll do our best to make sure that they make a safe arrival. What are we facing down there? Sadly, no one knows. We know that sometimes pirates and mercenaries can land on the planet, but it's extremely rare that you'd run into them in this instance. Well, if no one has any other questions... Um, well, sir, I got a question. Uh, what if we uh, come across uh, certain treasures or uh, artifacts? that for us, or do we need to return those to you? I would prefer that nothing be taken from the planet. Keep the planet exactly as is, but you can make visual observations. You can write it down, use the recorder device, um, but yes. Do not do not touch anything. Bring her nothing but the lamp. Yeah, bring, bring me nothing but the lamp. <laughs> the beacon. <laughs> He's going to be like, any other questions? Jigalda will be happy to answer. But quick, your ship, and he points to that ship you guys have all been seeing. He says the ship is brand new, state-of-the-art, fastest in the system. It's called the Ripple. And you see like these big golden words that say the Ripple on the side of the ship. And then, um, yeah, Ateev is going to be like, please, follow me immediately. She, she starts leaving. Do you guys follow her? Yeah. Hop up and start following her out. Yeah. She leads you to a room that's going to have like some, uh, like, kind of look like spacesuits. But when you put them on, no matter how big you are, if you have wings, tails, whatever, they like perfectly fold to whatever your body's like and kind of cut off at like the wrists. For It goes over your clothes. So you're not taking your clothes off if you have clothes. So any like weapons you have or anything will kind of meld through it and then still be available. With these suits, they're just like specialized suits for atmospheric things. How the fuck am I supposed to smoke in this? <laughs> no one answers you. <laughs> um, right before I, like, as I'm putting on the clothes, um, uh, if anyone's paying attention, they see me kind of like lift my arm up before and I lift up a pocket and this little, um, creature kind of crawls up and out and over my shoulder and then i put the suit on and then it so it morphs to me but not like doesn't suffocate the creature ah and then ateev goes ah yes i'd heard about sir charles is this him uh yes ma'am it is so when you look if you do decide to look over uh you'll see a little uh white grayish chinchilla with a top hat just kind of sitting there on my shoulder and it's kind of like very cute. Yeah, it's got a little top hat. Doesn't really fall. It doesn't fall off because it's part of his form. Um, right yeah. at that, she leans in and kind of puts her finger out and says, I haven't seen a morph in quite a while. And then he leans over and he shapeshifts into her and does the same motion. And then she like goes, <laughs> adorable. Well, we do have a smaller suit and like literally gives the suit a tiny, a tiny chinchilla suit to you. Anthony question. Is this the fucking thing from Treasure Planet? Yep, it literally oh, is. Oh my god, amazing. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yes! Awesome. I love yes! that. Killer. Love it. You guys all get onto this ship, and there's this big, giant ship right there, and um, it's beautiful, big, black ship, and yeah, 
You all walk on. It lights up and you hear Jigalda say, Welcome to the Ripple. <laughs> and she seems, a, she seems like a little bit unhinged for an AI. <laughs> How do you spell her name? Jigalda is J-E-G-A-L-D-A. Are those all of our initials? Yeah, they sure are. Oh my god. I, okay, Lindsay, you get uh, a point of inspiration. Fuck yes. Oh my god, that is. <gasps> it is! Shit. How'd you get it? Wow, that's, awesome. that's cool. You caught The first that. person who got that's it amazing. has done that. Huh, that's awesome. I'm very good at Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Jigalda, um, um, she says... I'll be now uh, taking the ship out of orbit. And like literally the ship starts lifting. Um, Go ahead and everyone roll a perception roll for me. Uh, Tarash rolled a 14. Uh, Grayson rolled 17. Uh, Valen rolled actually a natural 20, making it 23. Six rolled a 21. And Temple rolled a 15. Ah, you guys all did great. So you all see there are some boxes towards the back and there's a kid kind of like bent down with like a shock of white hair and like the ship's starting to fly away and this kid's on there and he's like kind of has like a, a wrench and he's like trying to make some stuff and open it and stuff. And the kid's going to like... <gasps> And like turn around and be like, oh, 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 so- sorry, mister. Uh, my name's Dion, Dion Centric. Um, I- I'm just here to help. Don't worry, I've got an escape pod I can take back off once uh, we come out of orbit. I just, I'm just here to, to help, uh, uh, kind of help out. And as you look at his face, this kid has like a huge black eye, bloody lip. He's got scabs down his face and his neck. He looks like he's been roughed up pretty bad. Uh, Temple approaches him uh, and... See, yeah, he he strides over. Who hurt you? Um, and he goes, "Oh wow, you must be MT One. I I I heard you were going to be on this mission. You're one of my heroes, man." You may call me Temple. Are you okay? Oh yeah, I mean there are these guys, and I'm not supposed to talk about it. I'm so sorry. And then he kind of looks up and sees this giant dragonborn and goes, "Yeah, I'm really not supposed to talk about it." And then he starts keep trying to fix things. Jigalda. Yes, Mr. Grayson. Can you run through the ship's personnel manifest, please? Of course. Give me one moment. And then he goes, oh, no, no, I I, I really am the mechanic. Uh, uh, Jigalda and I are friends. This is Dion Centric. He is the mechanic who will be leaving shortly. Would you like me to continue with everyone else who's currently on the ship? No, I suppose that's okay. Should we wait to take off before he's done? No, she goes, she goes, or sorry, I just go, no. Nah, bitch. <laughs> nah, bitch. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, really, I, I'm, I'm just fixing up the last little bit here. I, I didn't think Ateev knew that I was still on here, but don't worry, I got my little spaceship connected in. I, I'll be out in just a minute. And then he goes, ow. And he kind of like hits his nose and his nose is like swollen. And he goes, so- sorry. And he keeps trying to work on it. Um, I walk up and be like, uh, so like, did they, how, how, when did they rough you up? Was that recently? Well, I, I, I told some of the guys that um, that the the ship's going to to Terra nineteen. I know I'm not supposed to technically know that, but I'm I'm the main mechanic on here, and and they uh they called me a liar, 
And they said, just like my, my dad, who he drinks a lot and everyone calls him a liar. And, and they, you know, they just didn't believe me. But but now that you guys are here, maybe you could, when you get back, you could tell them. You could tell them that you're going to tear at 19 and, and, they, and they won't make fun of me anymore. Well, I mean. You need us to rough somebody up for you, little boy. And then he looks at you and he goes, oh, wow, you're, you're so beautiful, ma'am. Huh, shucks. Why don't you tell us who did that to you and we can have a little chat with them. Yes, I agree. We're not fighting children. <laughs> I, I I turned to you guys. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I was like, nah, nah. We're, we're not going to fight his battles for him. And I take a dagger out and I, re- I hand it out to him. I was like, next time one of those kids comes at you, you we stick this pointy in the thigh and, and they'll leave you alone. He he takes it and he goes, oh my gosh, you guys were already my heroes. I was so excited to meet you. I can't, I can't believe this. I gotta go. And he looks like he's gonna start crying. And he gets up and just starts walking to like this little shop. And he goes, I can't wait to see you guys when you come back. Thank you. Sh- thank you so much. And he like, he's like holding the dagger almost. And he goes, ow. And he cuts himself. And then he gets in this little ship and he goes, and just takes off. And then Jigaldic says, Ah, yes, now it's only the six of you, so we will be able to continue. Excuse me, six of us? Oh. <laughs> and right then you hear kind of thunk, thunk from inside one of the boxes. Ah, Jesus, we got more. Uh, uh, what's the fucking word I'm thinking of? Stowaways. Stowaways, that's the I word I'm thinking of. Super quickly grab my rifle and like ready it at the box that just moved. Yeah. My hands on my pills on my on my pistol on my hip and I unclipped it. So it's like a quick draw kind of situation. So you see little fingers kind of come out and then a little head pop up and um pants. You want to go ahead and describe yourself? <laughs> so pants is oh hold on. Pants is a little blue dragon cobalt. He's peering up, you can see his little horns coming up. Just wondering what's like going on around him. He just was so invested in what was happening in the box. He found all kinds of things like little flash bombs, which he conveniently puts in his pocket (laughs) and a couple (laughs) sticks of dynamite, which would become very handy later. You see little um, yellow eyes peeping over the top. Um, blue scales, um, horns wrapped in leather all the way up. He's just got little horns just sticking kind of straight up almost. And he's looking around the room and he's like, oh, oh, I have cards for this. I have cards for this. Wait, 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 wait. Hello, wave. My name is Pants. (laughs) I am from Planet Sorix956. I am in search of an adventure and to find lifelong friends. Pleased to meet you. Shake hand with newfound friend. You have to be fucking kidding me. Oh my god, I'm gonna <laughs> die. That's the cutest thing I've so ever. So cute. And at this point, he's like fully, he's fully stood up and has is hands Is he standing out. like in the box or has he gotten out of the box? Yeah. No, he's standing in the box. He can't leave the box yet. Is he like the same height as everyone else when he's standing up in the box? <laughs> um, just about. Yeah, he's like two foot. He's like two foot two. 
So as a, so as as he's going on with his talking, I just kind of walk up and I just because I know I saw that um, Grayson had his you know gun kind of pointed up, so I just kind of like just kind of grab it and just slowly like push it down while he's while he's doing that little kind of like rant thing. Just like I don't think this is the time for this right here. Grayson's just standing there, kind of dumbstruck, and just says, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And at, right at that point, Jigalda goes. No, I am not fucking kidding you. I believe that this young pants will be an excellent asset. I've uh, definitely had my course of adventures in my 300 years, and I think that pants are always necessary on adventures. Yes, yes, she's right, she's right. (laughs) Right at that point, you actually notice that you went basically like a warp speed. So now there's really no going back. You're headed towards turn 19. (laughs) Well, I guess we're out here. Six says... Okay, uh, what the hell, and shakes Pants' hand. Oh, I'm so glad to have new friends. Excellent, excellent. Yes, yes. (laughs) And um, Pants, like, is looking around at everybody, just taking it all in, and then he slowly locks on to the Warforge that he sees before him. Oh, my God. Are you you an actual Warforge? I am. I never thought I would ever, ever see a Warforge before. Oh my God. Can I, um, can I, can I just borrow like one of your fingers? Can I just borrow one of them? One of them. No, I'm sorry. I need them. But can I just, I just really want to like, I just really want to see how you tick, you know? You can do that while I possess all of my extremities. Pretty morbid, but it would be it would be so much easier if I could just like borrow a foot. Can I just can I just borrow a foot real quick? How about you stand next to me and you can look at my foot? Okay, okay, got it. I guess friend boundaries. I understand. I understand. Boundaries are important. <laughs> so while that while that conversation is going on, I kind of lean over the grazer while I'm kind of like standing next to him, just like, what's the big deal with this fucking metal robot guy? <laughs> He's important. And Justine, what is the big deal with this with this metal robot guy that I roll a natural <laughs> twenty to know everything about? Yes. Yeah, so, um, Dylan, why, do you want to tell them about yourself? He, oh, sorry, Dylan, Temple, Temple, tell them about yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, let's do this in character. Temple turns from uh, Pants to kind of the greater group. I am Temple of the Way of Mercy. I traveled the system in the, in the path of my master, assisting those in need. My greater directive is to alleviate suffering, and I have done so. I have done so to, to great effect, some might say. I got to know the commander and... What was her name? Atix or Avix? Uh, Ativ. 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 I got to know the commander and Ativ well through my travels. We have crossed paths before. I have gained a bit of a reputation as a helper, and I'm here to help. Slow clap for Dylan's subtle ro- robo voice. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. That's real nice. Uh, it was way to go. I really liked it. Way to go. I didn't even realize you were doing it until just like right now. I, like, well. I think that's just a statement to your personality. 
<laughs> that was great. It, 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 the transition was really good. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, he just conveys that, um, you know, he he has a reputation that follows him, but his whole thing is just point to point. Like, is there suffering? I go and help. Is there suffering? I go and help. And it's just taking him all over the place. Exactly. So that's what you would know, um, Grayson. And you'd probably know, too, that he's been around for a really long time i was gonna say he seems old kind of communicate as as temple communicated some of that i i would have communicated some of that to to torash as well and i resling my rifle over my back um while that's all happening um fallon is gonna walk over to the box that uh pants was in and just kind of look inside and see what's in there um, yeah, so there's going to be some dynamite, some flash grenades, um, and some little sealed boxes. There's four four sealed boxes. Uh, I want to open one of the boxes. It is a healer's kit. Cool. Which you can you can add to your inventory. Awesome. Um, you cannot have any flash grenades or dynamite. Why? <laughs> Because I think Pants was taking it all apart to see how it worked and was really excited about it. And Pants has the only ones that work. Uh, Valen was going through the box and kind of like all of these interactions are happening. Grayson just kind of pats Torash on the like the arm because I assume Torash is, stands taller than, than Grayson. And just kind of motions with his head uh, to come with him towards... Uh, the bridge of the ship. Am I follow? Cool. Uh, I'm gonna open up. I'm gonna open the other boxes. Is it all healing kits? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna distribute them. Like, hey, y'all. Um, I don't know what we're gonna see down there, but I got me one of these healing kits. So if y'all want to grab one. Alrighty. So whoever, there's three left. There's four total. Valen has one. It looks like Temple grabbed one. Temple will. So I think that it would be pants and six since you other two walked away. Yeah, that makes sense. I stealthily already grabbed one. <laughs> so you guys walk up to the, the head of the ship. What happens? Uh, I kind of stare at the the consoles, like the, the pilot's seat, and just kind of taking it all in as kind of our new home for the at least the time being. And I just say to Torash, so what do you think the crew? They're an interesting bunch, to say the least, but we all have our ways. We all have our sharpnesses and mostly dullnesses, unfortunately, but I think we can find a way. I think I think we'll be able to find our way. I, I believe we have a good group in front of us, but if we all work together, we need to work together. We need to cooperate with each other in order for, for this to this mission to go to go well, because if not, we're going to be as dead as the other groups before us. We absolutely have no idea what we're walking into. That's for sure. That's that's the beauty of adventure. Right there, you hear Jigaldo really loudly so that everyone else can now hear too goes, Thank you. I think that you are a wonderful crew member, part of Mission 2. Boop, boop, boop. So like grabbed everyone's attention to stare at you guys up front, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I just awkwardly kind of sit into the pilot's chair and kind of figure everything out. 
just to kind of get the layout of the whole like dashboard and everything, seeing the fact that I'm going to be kind of like piloting it. So it's on autopilot right now. You definitely have seen this kind of thing before. Time goes by. I think at one point a little bloop bloop hits and a little suit appears in front of pants for like that matches from Jigalda. And the ship takes about two hours. You're, you see space flying by. You see like far off. You see planets in the distance. Really cool like meteors, everything. And then eventually you hear like a... And the ship kind of slows down. And in front of you... You see Terran 19. And all while all of you've grown up and know what Terran 19 is, no, you've never been there. You don't know anyone who's been there. Well, maybe Six does, but no one else really knows anyone who's been there. And, you know, this, this planet's a big mystery. And when you... As you get closer, you're going to notice that there's tons of debris that's floating around the planet. Broken ships, broken satellites, just tons and tons of stuff that you're now starting to have to navigate through. And and yeah, and I think at this point, you hear Jigalda go, Torash, are you ready to continue with the piloting? Yes, ma'am. And you hear, and like you kind of grab on and you easily take the wheel like everyone can see you're extremely skilled and just start going through um and i want everyone to roll perception for me all right tarash rolled a nine and i'm the one flying the ship (laughs) (laughs) temple rolled an 11 greason rolled a 24 Six rolled a 22. Wow. Pants rolled a 10. Uh, Valen rolled a nine. Okay, so Grayson, as you're looking out the window, as you speed through this, you notice that while some of the things you guys are avoiding are like old and corroded, there's ships from every era here. And on top of that, some of them look like they were actually torn apart. So you're seeing claw marks, gouging, like things that were, it was not naturally like just stuff that's been from the planet surface that's risen up. Like this is, it looks pretty bad. Jigalda. What lives in the vacuum of space? Grayson, I, I am not sure. This was not supposed to be here. My ship itinerary and everything I was supposed to be doing. And she starts like going in and out. And then she says, this was not supposed to be, be, be here. And then you notice like a lot of your sensors and things are like starting to turn on and off. I just kind of do like the, the cliche uh, sci-fi thing where I'm just like, I know, I know like what I'm doing, but it looks like I'm just pressing and turning like random buttons and stuff. Piloting. Yeah. <laughs> And then he goes, and she says, apologies. Yes, I'm not sure what this is. It wasn't supposed to be here. We should be making a smooth entrance into the atmosphere. What just happened to you, Jigalda? I'm not sure. My systems are not able to function. There seems to be some kind of field. And then you see this thing that says completely, like it, it completely switches to regular pilot. So Jigalda has gone offline at this point. 
Well, it looks like I'm bringing this in by with by myself. Everybody, strap in. I think it's going to be a bumpy landing. What? Do you not trust me? <laughs> Yippee ki yay, motherfuckers! Oh my god, I did not sign up for this. I don't think I signed up for this mission at all. Actually, <laughs> how did I even get here? Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, based on your note, um, I, I think you wanted this. As I'm cl- clicking in, you said adventure. You all start to sit in and strap in, and six, you look out the window to your right, and you notice that part of this, like, space, like, the background of space, seems to be, like, glittering and moving, and then it looks like pieces of ship is, like, being pushed side to side. Whoa, do you guys see that? You all see it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, God, do we see it? Well, six rolled, they rolled the best perception checks. So I rolled the best uh, perception check. It, yeah, that's why you got to go first with oh, what okay. you saw about the ships. Gotcha. And then she got to see something too. Gotcha. That's why she, then, she said they, as in you and I. Gotcha. The, the, they. So then these pieces of ships are kind of being pushed, but it looks getting closer to you, almost like a snake is slithering through these pieces of ship and it's like a, you notice there's an actual glittering mass coming towards you. You see this huge leviathan type oh, space shit. creature oh, coming shit. towards and all of a sudden you hear and all it's like red is flashing everywhere in the ship and you feel boom like you're smacked back to your seat as Torash is trying to like get out of there. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm. Valen yells out, uh, "We got any defenses on this ship? We fucking better." Uh, let me see if I can put some. Sh- let me see if I can put some shields up real quick. Can I try and fucking do some shit and put the shields up on the ship? He slams his hand down, and nothing really happens. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like drops from above is like this emergency, like gunner system. Yeah, I grab it and um. Roll uh. Slide of hand yeah. for me. Sleight of hand. It's a wily one. <laughs> that is. That is a nineteen. Yep, you know you can handle this. Even you, you, you grab it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I, I strap in then, and what happens? Uh, yeah. Do you try to shoot the creature? Yeah. Yeah, so you shoot it. Um, go ahead and roll a d20 for me and go ahead and add three. I like how you grabbed it and the chief security officer is like sitting next to you. Just like, yep, get it. <laughs> he, he said it first. That will be um, 11. You hear. As like these awesome lasers just reflect off this Leviathan's shell. And it's getting closer still. It's maw opens and you just feel. <gasps> And the ship just... It's fucking hurt. Like, steam. There's, like, a fire that started somewhere. And you're just going through the atmosphere. And then, literally, the Leviathan just turns around. Whoa. And I need Torash to roll... Um, what would I... What would, like, a mechanical handling roll be? <laughs> Vehicle? I don't have that on my. There's a. Isn't there a vehicle like thing? Maybe survival. Mm, yeah, do survival. Oh, is that? No, that's like. 
I would say that's more like tracking and. Did I just make that up? Or I guess that would be investigation. What about like stealth? Yeah, you just making a vehicle? No, 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 no. <laughs> Mountain vehicles, that's a thing. I would say, animal, uh, my opinion would be animal handling because it's like almost as if you're handling a horse yeah, we, or a uh, that would be that would actually wouldn't be that bad of an idea. Oh, that's a background thing is uh, proficiency with vehicles. Okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, you rolled high enough on your survival check. You rolled okay. an 18. 18, all right. So you, it's like, and it's like going down, spiraling, but you have just enough control that as you're coming up, an image like flashes and you see like a map of what you're like coming towards and what you're you're landing towards. And I need Grant to, or I need Torash to roll a d12 for me. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Find the D12. Pressure, pressure. <laughs> Stop it. Three. So as you're you're like coming in and you're spinning, um, you land in a huge swampy area. Like, like mud just splatters everywhere. Everyone's getting jerked around super hard. You're definitely all have whiplash and you land and and then you land and the lights are blinking the ship is barely alive and on it's just super shitty looking not not good well the ship's here we're gonna have to venture our way out hopefully we can fix it soon so we can get our asses out of here is everyone still alive yes yep you're here I'm here well, Metal Man, you still alright? At present. Alright, we got everyone accounted for. <sighs> I imagine at that point you hear Jigalda come back in line and says, Six, please no smoking inside the beat. And then she just cuts out. Oh, good. Well, the entropic AI is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more of a thread than anything. And then that is, um, you guys, there's one window open. You see just this huge swamp. There's dead skeletons of, like, old ancient creatures you didn't think so existed, like, half in. There's beautiful plants sprouting, but then also, like, murky steam that weaves its way between those plants. And you see, like, even little robotic, like, signs that at one time had life and directed people, but they're dead and broken down with vines wrapped around them. And you're just looking out all of you together through this peephole. And that's where we're going to end the first session. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked this, um, it's hopefully only going to get better because we're not professional voice actors and we just wanted to have fun and play D&D. So stick with us. Give us a like, subscribe, feedback, whatever you want to do. We appreciate you taking the time to listen today. And Dungeon Boys out. Out. Let's go. Out. Hey, we say fuck. <laughs> oh, can we harmonize a fuck on the on the outro? Fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs>